Good times. Yes, like millions of people across the country, you are now trying to get money from an airline for some travel difficulties, but you did make it back. I did say, I think on social media, that it was amazing that you were able to join us from a 1962 era Soviet submarine. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was pretty cool, right? Uh, Yeah. The the location is redacted for that uh, exact reason, Sean. It shouldn't have gone on social media. Yeah, no, made it, uh, sort of rested now, bit of a scratchy throat, but, uh, that'll happen, you know, it will, you know, things, things happen, but you did make it home and we are double dipping this week because it is that very fun week between the Scotties and the Briar, not even a week, four days of no curling. Everything kicks off tomorrow as we record this, which is the third of March. And it will all conclude on the 12th of March in London, Ontario. And I know that that is correct this time. Uh, taking place at what used to be the Labatt, John Labatt Gardens or whatever it is. I don't know what it's called now. Oh, Sean, you're testing my media guide capability already. <laughs> um, I think it's still called it the called, Gardens. It's called the Budweiser Gardens. Okay. There you go. So this is not where they played the Continental Cup a few years ago. That was somewhere else, a much smaller arena. Uh, This is bigger, about 9,000 people capacity for hockey. Going to be a little less for curling because they take out some seats for the media and the TSN booth. But, you know, still around 9,000. They don't take out too many seats for those. Should be a really fun week there in London. Scott, as we always do with these events, Let's start with how many teams we think can win. So there are 18 teams in the field, same format as the Scotties, nine teams in two pools. They will play a round robin. Three teams from each pool will make the playoffs. Two versus three crossover. The losers out. Winners play in the Friday Fun Fest against the first place winners for seeding into a page playoff. So, Scott, I have what I think, or the teams that I think could win written down here. And I saw you counting on your hands. How many did you get to? Did you get to a second hand? I've, I'm still counting. <laughs> yeah, maybe five, maybe five. Yeah, that's, I have four, maybe more five. like, more, more likely four. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming we have the same four of Canada, Alberta, wildcard one, Manitoba. And then I have wildcard two as a maybe yes i i also i would put maybe ontario as a maybe sure yeah um yeah yeah. so it's not going to be as deep you know it's weird i was thinking about this today too like i was thinking well you know the scotties we thought oh six seven maybe teams Mm. have a chance to win so in my head i'm thinking oh the women's game in canada is so much deeper than the men's game in terms of who can win. And then I remembered that the same team has won the last four. So (laughs) is it really? It seems like the depth is won right now on the women's side. So I don't know. But I I think what's interesting about this particular field that, yes, at the top end, it, it does feel top heavy and that something really weird would have to happen for somebody who we have not mentioned to come through and forget win, even make it into a semifinal. Mm-hmm. But I think where the intrigue and the interest for me in this event is from six, seven through 12 or 13, because there's a lot of teams here that are young or yeah. making their debuts, teams that are up and coming that 
could make the leap. And particularly when you look at a team, say like Nathan Young, who has had success at the junior level playing in a province that, yes, Brad Gushu is from there, but you would expect moving forward, maybe they could get a lot of appearances at Briars. This could be the start of something for them. Jacques mm-hmm. Gauthier's had success at the junior level. There, there's just teams, Tyler Smith, like there's teams that are interesting, even yeah. if going into it, you're like, well, probably not going to win the event, but I'm happy to see Felix Aslan play. You know, I'm, I'm happy for yeah. Tyler Smith to get a game. Thomas Scoffin has had success at the junior level, probably not going to have a great week here, but th- there's people in that middle part of the field that are very interesting and I think will provide a good level of entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, who was I reading? Was I, I maybe I was reading John Cullen's Substack about how, uh, maybe not this week's, but about how, like the next generation, never really came up uh, right. in the last in the last eight years, six to eight years, right? Like uh, we have Matt Dunstone, who's there. But it's pretty much, well, and Brandon Botcher, Brandon Botcher, but it's basically the rest are like the same guys. And what Kevin or Kevin Martin did was brought Mark Kennedy and uh, Ben Hebert in and John Morris was, was uh, young then too. And let's sort of brought them into the men's game and that sort of continued. And we don't see these. Uh, top level skips bringing those teams or those young players in as much we're starting to a bit now more where we see like the way that kevin cooey's brought tyler tardy and, and that kind of thing but it's it sort of hurt the game because we were just seeing the same people reshuffled right the, these yeah. teams weren't as exciting this year coming in because it was the same names so what it does do, though, is it gives an opportunity for young teams to come in as a whole and start learning stuff. Is that better than, you know, a, a young skip coming to play third or second? Like we saw with Brett Gallant come to play with Brad Gushu, or or is it better for that kind of a skip to come with his own team formed and maybe get uh, handed to you a couple times, right? right? Yeah. Like what is the best way for learning? Uh, so I think we'll see that in how these teams, these young teams especially, will fare going forward sure. in, in the men's game. Yeah, well, you look at the first time Dunstone was there, he didn't do particularly well. The first time Botcher was there, I believe they went four and seven on his first trip. So mm-hmm. you do kind of have to walk before you can run, if you will, at this event. And even Caitlin Laws has been there a bunch, but she didn't have a bad week at the Scotties by any means, but... Mm-hmm not necessarily at the level that we would have seen been accustomed to her playing at a national championship. It just, it just takes time to learn it. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sort of in the latter of those of go get beat up a little bit and and get better that way. But that's, that's more how I kind of see the world. And that's why I'm optimistic about the future of someone like Nathan Young, Tanner Horgan here for the first time, that these people who have had success can come and learn in real time. And for as much as the format of the three wildcard teams, I might not be crazy about if it does lead to Karsten Sturme being able to get his first appearance here, maybe that does serve both the high level teams who lose potentially on a fluke in a provincial or in a loaded province still gives them the opportunity. But it also now with the third wildcard team, we saw it with Megan Walter, now with Carson Sturme, younger teams, gets them in the field, gets them some experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that, that's something I'm looking forward to tracking throughout the week. Yeah, so as we are wont to do on these, let's go through each team. Let's start with pool number A, Scott, uh, different from how we did the women's side. I don't know if one of these pools is necessarily stronger than the other one. I think there's opportunity in both of them and i know they're designed to be equal based on points i will say they left the best possible matchups in terms of like wwe style promo packages off like on the table they didn't put the teams together in the pools a little disappointed in that you can fudge some of the 
ratings. No one really cares. We just want to see good TV games. They chose not to do that. They chose to have integrity, which, okay, great. Good uh, good for them. So let's start here in Pool A. The top-ranked team in the pool is Manitoba. Matt Dunstone earned his first Buffalo as a skip here and he is coming in with six and three last year, of course, out of Saskatchewan. BJ Newfeld, Colton Lott, Ryan Harnden are the team. Adam Kingsbury is there as the coach. He's been with Matt for a while. So far this season, they've played a bunch of games 65 games, 48 17 on the year. A nice 0.51 hammer efficiency, a couple wins. So far, they won the Red Deer event. They won the DeKalb Super Spiel, made a couple other finals, had a pretty good season. He's won a couple bronze medals. I think really he has talked about how meaningful it was to win that provincial championship, to win Manitoba for him. And really kind of this is what's left for him is the briar in terms of emerging as, okay, I am a top flight guy now. I think he is a top flight guy, a top flight skip. But this is kind of the one thing that's missing from cementing that, I think, in the minds of a lot of fans. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, for them to become to come to this event as the number one ranked team, I think is maybe surprising. I, I don't know if a lot of casual fans would have uh, known that coming in. And you're right. This is sort of the the next step of in the progression of Matt Dunstone's career. A couple bronze medals and just sort of that getting over that hump. This is where we, we saw Brendan Botcher in this position in uh, 2020 where they were almost there, right? They, they lost in the, in the final semifinal anyway. uh, And then in the bubble sort of were able to, to sort of take that leap. And now we see them as, okay, yeah, they're a top flight, good outfit. No longer together, but like Brendan Botcher himself yeah. is a, a top tier skip. So I think that's where they are about, uh, you know, two years behind Brendan Botcher. Yeah. And I, I think obviously the lineup change, we'll see what that means for this team. Uh, the Colton Lot, the least experienced at Briars out of the four guys here, but you do have Harnden and Newfeld who have won. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, a new feel here for Matt Dunstone in that regard. And we'll see what that means for them in the week. And of course, Kingsbury has really seen it all as a coach, right? From national championships to Olympics. And uh, you know, he's very good at his job. Yeah. And has worked a lot with Matt. So they have a good relationship and that's a, been a constant, right? From yeah. his old team to his new team. Say too, Kingsbury, if you ever play on a sheet next to him, you will know about it uh he is a uh an aggressive line caller i like to say scott yeah yeah but uh always fun to play with uh play with yeah good yeah a good guy really fun to play with you just you know when he's out there (laughs) you do yeah all right so let's go to the second ranked team here in pool a it is kevin cooey making his 11th appearance scott i was surprised when i saw that i would have guessed higher for Kevin Cooey than 11. I know he was stuck behind Kevin Martin when he was younger and didn't get out much. Uh, I think 2010 was his first one because there was three or four years there where he got stuck behind Kevin Martin. But it feels like more, doesn't it? It sure does feel like more, I think. uh, Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like being stuck not only behind Kevin Martin and Randy Furby for a while, in the province, but at his own club uh, <laughs> right, when, yeah. he was, when he was playing out of uh, the Savile Center there. So it doesn't feel like it's only been 11, but again, this is a team that uh, had a change, brought in some young blood. The I, I'll still remember the Tyler Tardy comment of our team is pretty boring. Like, Yeah, yeah. And, team dinners are very quiet. Yeah, they, it, they do all seem like pretty quiet <laughs> guys. So they've had a good year. They have one win, which was winning Alberta. A few second place finishes in there. Made a lot of money. This is a team we'll see at the end of the week. But, you know, we'll see if uh, they have the energy to (laughs) be able to keep up with the time clock. This is something we always watch with Kevin Cooey. Yeah. If he finishes a game with 45 seconds left, uh, he's going to 
be so proud of himself for playing quick. It's going to be, yeah. you know, that'll be the focus of the media scrum afterwards. Uh, they haven't had the greatest of seasons. The Alberta win was their first title on the season, 34 and 19 records wise. And really the question I think surrounds Tyler Tardy. First time here playing, he's been an alternate before, but first time getting into a briar, of course, three-time Canadian junior champion, two-time world junior champion, even won a, a youth Olympic gold as a skip, like really dominated that level and almost made it out of BC last year, just losing that final to Steve Laycock. And, and now the question is, how is his transition to the men's game going to go at this event? Uh, again, first time playing. So that'll be a lot of fun to see. And because mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's no questions about the other three. No, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's the storyline, I'd say, for, for Team Kui this week. Yeah, and I did see too, Scott, that uh, Nevin is going to London to the Briar. So given that he uh, is related to Brad, I wonder if he's going to be doing the social media for Team Kui. And if so, that might be the greatest discrepancy between the team and their online persona based on what we know Nevin likes to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, I hadn't thought of that. That'll be cool yeah. for uh, for Nevin to go and uh, yeah, maybe. We'll have to watch the Team Cooey tweets and see uh, yeah. if they adopt some kind of mode of conveyance. As yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on then to a team that we think could potentially work their way into the championship field and that is reed carruthers wild card two last time reed was there as a skip was 2018 went five and six four and seven in 2014 in his two times as the skip rob gordon is going to be making his debut you might be saying to yourself wait a minute i thought that they had brad jacobs on their team and yes but since brad jacobs did not play in the Manitoba playdowns and isn't from Manitoba, he can't play. And I, you know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait a minute, wasn't there that whole thing before the Scotties? Yes, but that was specific to parental leave. Yes. So that rule does not apply to Brad Jacobs. So he could not play in this event. He was not eligible to join them. So Rob Gordon is going to step in, make his debut on the season or at the Briar. 41-29 for this team. They, of course, won the points bet. That was with Gunner, though, on the season. They do have a .41 hammer efficiency. Not going to be good enough probably this week in terms of getting to the champion or getting to the finals or, or winning the event. Probably going to have to do a little better than that. But Reed's a very good player. He's a very good communicator. And maybe... Some of Kerry Anderson's mojo is rubbed off on him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he had a front row seat for some of the best curling that we've seen all year. So could do. In the media guide, is Connor going to hold the broom? I believe that's what I saw, yes. And, and Derek will uh, Derek will throw, throw through. Yeah, yeah they, they, of course, played the Manitoba playdowns with three. Um, they didn't yes. have Rob Gordon with them. But uh, I think this will be good. Rob Gordon played World Junior in the World Juniors with Dunstone. So he's, he's not like a nobody that they pulled off the bench. As long as he can fit into the team, Reed is a very good communicator. I think that's his strength uh, out there on, on the ice. Obviously a good thrower and strategist too, but I think his, his strength as a teammate is communicating clearly to his, to his teammates. So yeah, if they can do that, uh, they should be in the mix at the end. I, I, I wouldn't pick them as a favorite to make the playoffs right now, but uh, they're definitely capable, and it's just about how that's going to gel. Yeah, when you look at this pool too, if you're searching for that third playoff team, you're, you're certainly thinking that Carruthers is well in that mix. For sure, for sure. All right, well then let's move next door to Saskatchewan. Kelly Knapp making his first full appearance. He was an alternate in 2011. He's got some experience on the team. Third, Brennan Jones played lead in 2011. Mike Armstrong, the second, was lead in 2012. Trent Knapp is making his debut. They did bring Dustin Kidby with them, who has experience. He played four times 
in a briar. And Brian McCusker, of course, uh, Joan McCusker's husband, is going to be there as coach. So they do have some experience surrounding them. This is a really cool story for Kelly Knapp. Uh, he's mm-hmm. played in, I think it was 10 straight or 11 straight Saskatchewan playdowns, finally gets out. Uh, so the people there in Saskatchewan were all very excited for him from all accounts, a really good guy. So really cool to see that, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Scott, like those teams that play a little bit on tour here and there, they play on the Saskatchewan tour a lot. They actually won the Saskatchewan tour players championship this season. So they really do a good job out there. And they're kind of in that middle class that we've talked about getting squeezed a little bit. Uh, so for them to come out of Saskatchewan, I think that's a really cool story. And I will say, in addition to the Saskatchewan Tour Players Championship, they won the Nutanaspiel in September, the Stadium Saskatchewan event in November. They won another spiel in December, won that Players in January, also won the Tankard. Scott, all they do is win. So 2023 Briar Champs? Maybe, Sean, maybe. Uh, yeah, this is like a pretty cool story. When I think of like people making their Briar debuts, I always think of Darren Molding winning Alberta uh, for the first time with Brendan Botcher, and yes. just like how happy he was and how it had, he had taken you know so much time to finally get there. And yeah, like these guys aren't old; they're like early thirties. But yeah, when you've been grinding for that long, and it just like. I don't know. Maybe you don't expect to win. I guess like, you kind of have to if you're playing in them, right? So it's going to be really cool to see them like get their taste of the bright lights and uh, you know participate in a briar. It's just cool. Yeah, yeah and, and when you look too at the the first couple draws, I think TV game. I'm just saying, mm. like, look at the matchups. I'm thinking TV game in there, mm. so that'll be really cool for them. Hopefully they get that and yeah they if they can come out get a couple wins when we look at tuesday wednesday if they're in that 500 range look out you know i mean that game against reed crothers i think will be really important for them depending of course on how they do against everybody else but this should be mm-hmm. a fun team to watch and sean uh trent and kelly are twins okay based on them having the same birth date <laughs> that's some good investigative journalism right there nothing gets by you scotty that's right (laughs) all right let's uh, move over to northern ontario team horgan that's tanner horgan he is throwing the four stones but darren molding is going to be calling the game throwing the third stones tanner horgan did spare or was the alternate for Brad Jacobs back in 2018, a game that he should have won in the Northern Ontario finals that year. Fortunately for him did not, but he did get into six games there in 2018 as a team 30 and 24 on the season 0.34 hammer efficiency, not the greatest, but a pretty good 0.61 force efficiency. So you combine that with their steel efficiency. They are pretty good when they don't have the hammer. And they're going to need to be good without the hammer this week. Of course, Colin Hodgson is the lead on this team. Scott, we haven't seen much of them so far this season, uh, at least in TV games. The record isn't super inspiring, but we know they can all play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a team, you're right, that we know sort of the the individual pieces a little bit. We know that they can play. It's just about how are they going to put it together at this level. Uh, they had an amazing run in the Northern Ontario Championships. They, they dropped all the way to the seaside, had to grind through the whole uh, playoff bracket and made it pretty impressive to do that. And yeah, like all these uh, all these guys are good players. If they could bring it together, this this team I kind of like for the for the playoffs. Yeah, I I agree. Like they should be in that mix for sure. And there's a lot of talent there. Jake Horgan is the second. So you have the brothers there. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it it really just, yeah, it should be a very good team. Colin Hodgson, we've seen a lot in uh, Manitoba, but uh, I believe he lives in Red Lake in Northern Ontario. So, you know, getting to, to represent your, your actual hometown on, uh, yeah, on, on the Briar, pretty good. Yeah, and I'll say this. I like going through the media guide. One of the things that I'm always curious, like what do people put as family? And Mm -hmm. if your last name is Horgan, you're Tanner or Jake Horgan. 
your sister is well known within the curling community as a high level player. I think you got a lister. I mean, yeah, it's great to put your partners. I'm sure Kieran and Owen are thrilled that they're there, but yeah, I think you got to put Tracy down. Come on, fellas. No way. No way. They're <laughs> trying to forge their own identity, Sean. <laughs> they don't need to stand in the shadow of their uh, very successful sister. So I, I say no. Yeah, and if you're putting Tracy, you, you, you're putting Amanda too? Is it Amanda? Sure. I think so, yeah. Put them all down. Put, put everyone. The whole put everyone down. down. What they should do too, they have the accomplishments. If either of them have won the Horgan family bond spiel, that might be better than some of the things that are actually on there. Yeah. Un- under 18, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Did we win the family spiel? Did win the Horgan that's family important. bond spiel. That's, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's go to the East Coast now. Nova Scotia, Matthew Manuel. He is skipping the Blue Nosers this year. Four-time Nova Scotia junior champion. His best appearance at the Nationals was a 6-4 and four record in 2018. He also won the silver medal at the 2020 U-Sport Championship, representing Dalhousie. So he has some bona fides behind his name. The rest of the team, Luke Saunders, Jeff Meager, and Nick Zakernuk. And what was really stood out to me, Scott, about these four is that you have Matthew and Luke as the back end. Then Jeff and Nick, the front end, they're both engineers. Oh. And I'm thinking in terms of angles and like calling stuff, shouldn't they be the back end? Like (laughs) they're engineers. Like, come on. So, I mean, obviously smart guys and, you know, that I'm sure they know a lot about the physics of curling that has to be an advantage in some capacity well maybe it's a sweeping advantage sean maybe yeah, yeah that's true yeah and uh you know working for irving shipbuilding and lockheed martin yeah you, you gotta be pretty smart uh, to get into yeah. those those places so <laughs> yeah that, we'll see if that uh, front end intelligence pays pays dividends see how much they chime in (laughs) yeah they've had an okay season so far they did make the semifinals of the stew cells halifax that's probably the biggest or toughest event that they played in prior to the nova scotia playdowns in which of course they won they did beat paul fleming twice during the nova scotia playdowns so that's pretty good paul fleming has been there a hundred times so Mm -hmm. those are a couple nice wins there for them but again debuts across the board here for nova scotia so it's going to be tough for them, but yeah. I think if forecasting it three and five would be very successful. Four and four for them, I think they'd be thrilled with. You know, but keep an eye on them. I'm, I'm. It's always fun when we see teams that we're not really familiar with. How are they going to play? What's their strategy going to be? What type of team is this? So I think it'll be fun to keep an eye on them. Yeah, it will be. And Sean, I, I know you like looking at family. Did you know that uh, Luke Saunders is Colleen Jones' son? So to my previous point, Luke puts Colleen in there. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's anyone in, in the curling world who would cast a bigger shadow than Colleen Jones, and he's he's good doing it. Well, you know, Colleen Jones isn't playing anymore, so, <laughs> you know, we have to remember her accomplishments at the women's right. level, right? whereas uh, Tracy's still still making those, <laughs> you know. Right. So I, I assume Colleen will be there for part of the week. That'll be a lot of fun uh, to, to see her. I'm sure that she'll get some TV time if, uh, if she's there. I saw uh, Devin was uh, talking something about uh, doing, doing something with Colleen at the Briar. So okay. uh, I do think she will be there. All right. Uh, let's move north and a little further east to Newfoundland and Labrador. Nathan Young is bringing the same team back. That went one and seven in 2022. Did bring Jeff Thomas as the alternate this year. Jeff, a lot of experience. He was part of the Olympic delegation or whatever they called it uh, with Brad Gushu because he was there during the trials. Only played in two tour spiels so far this season, both in uh, the one in St. John's, the Stu Cells in Halifax as well, where they missed the playoffs. Beat Greg Smith in the final of the Newfoundland Labrador playdowns. I think they get a bit of a break on their schedule here where they start with Nunavut, then Saskatchewan, Wildcard 2, Northern Ontario, Alberta, Northwest Territories, Manitoba, Nova Scotia. But if they could possibly get to that Northern Ontario game at 2-1, and one, 
have some momentum behind them potentially. And who knows, you could play Reed Carruthers tough as well, but there is a world in which they're going into an Alberta game three and one, two and two. So that there's that possibility does exist for them. I think they get a little unlucky in that they have Thursday off, so they don't benefit from mm. an off buy or an off day or an off draw at any point. So that they have that Krista McCarvel schedule uh, that right. she had. But I, I think if you're Nathan Smith and you're saying, or Nathan Young, excuse me, who, who do you want to play in the first game to kind of get your feet wet a little bit? It's probably Nunavut. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense uh, that they could, yeah, capitalize, sort of get some uh, experience on reading the ice, tr- sort of figure all that out uh, against an opponent that, in theory, you should beat. So yeah, we could see that they're they're a strong team, like they're they're good, right? They yeah, they can make shots. It's just uh, the experience and and getting those reps. Yeah, of course uh, they won. Not not this team in its entirety, but Nathan Young as the skip and a couple other guys did win the world silver at the juniors in twenty twenty one. So tons of experience, still very, very young. And unlike Brad Gushu, when he's interviewed, has that nice uh, Newfoundland accent. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess Brad's uh, sort of mellowed a bit, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, if they win, more media scrums with them, which is like never a bad thing. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's move up to the north and the Northwest Territories. Jamie Cooey making his 16th appearance one and seven last year. Glenn Kennedy, Cole Parsons, and Shadrick McLeod round out the team. They have all been there before. Not too, too much experience between the three of them, though, certainly relative to Jamie Cooey. Team ran the table at the Northwest Territories Playdowns, otherwise not playing too much in tour events. He has not taken the Kerry Galusha strategy of going out and playing a bunch just really staying more in the north and playing those playdowns, coming down, playing the Briar. Based on his recent results, you would expect a similar finish this year, but he has made the playoffs before. And in a pool that has a lot of young players in it, people making their debuts, Jamie Cooey knows the stage and he knows what is going to happen on arena ice. So perhaps he can work his way into the mix in the middle late of the week. Yeah, yeah, he won't be phased by the moment, you know. Uh, he should be able to take advantage uh, of that experience. I don't know if the talent is is there to be able to make the playoffs, but uh, you're right, this pool it is not uh, super, super deep. So, yeah, we could, uh, we could easily see them in the mix for that third spot. And rounding out the pools, the team from Nunavut, Jake Higgs is back played in 2020 went oh and seven he is here with sheldon wedig brady st louis and christian smitherum all of them have played before in the briar so there is some experience as is typical with nunavut scott we ask can they get through a 10th end this week i think i think they'll get through a 10th end yeah uh but uh, a win might be a little tougher. But if you're getting through a 10th end, you've at least got a chance. Yeah, and that's really all you can ask for. Exactly. And they might be looking at their draw too and saying, hey, first game, young guys, maybe we can get some yeah. mistakes. Like they could be looking at that too. So yeah, uh, absolutely. That'll, that'll be an interesting first game to keep tabs on. Who, who can get a feel for things quicker? Quicker, yeah. All right, and those are the nine teams competing in pool number A. Let's shift over to pool B. This one, of course, is the nine teams we haven't talked about yet. So let's start with the top-ranked team. That is wildcard number one, Brendan Botcher, 9-3 last year, won the bronze medal. Of course, a very, very different team from then to now. On the season, 34-11, and 11, a .56 force efficiency, and they're just bludgeoning people scott they're scoring eight points a game only giving up 5.3 points a game so when they're winning they're winning big Uh, they did win the okotoks event they won the canadian open but they went 0-4 at the tour challenge so it's been a good season but maybe not living up to the expectations that people had for them which i think were probably unreasonable because some people figured they would just not lose any games so yeah 
interesting enough, they played Kevin Cooey twice in the Alberta play downs. The final score cumulatively of those two games was 11-11. They were both 6-5 finals. So I don't know, Scott. Will they play again this week? They're in opposite pools. I think, yes, they'll play again this week. Um, this this team is really good. But there's no other way to say it, right? Like that maybe Brendan Botcher is the worst player on their team, which is pretty crazy. I, I don't know yeah. if anybody said that, but I'm looking at them thinking, yeah, I think the, the rest of those guys are all like, they're all really good. At least as good, if not better. They're all all um, time, like all four of them. And maybe this might be a little early on Botcher himself, but I'm not, I don't think it is. They're all kind of all time guys at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which, which is crazy. And like still, in the prime maybe maybe kennedy and hebert are like tail end of their prime yeah uh but still like super good super good so yeah if you ask me to pick a team of curlers i would pick everybody on this list except maybe brendan botcher for the skip so like but everyone else would be like number one choice and if botcher's not number one he's like two or three two or three yeah yeah no, no shade meant to be thrown there, but just, uh, yeah, this is, team is really good. And I imagine that the, they'll be right there at the end of the week. Yeah. I, I do wonder if it's a situation. Remember when Kevin Cooey put together the team in 2014, that their first year together wasn't great. Like it wasn't bad. Yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. terrible, but it wasn't great either right and then they hit their stride they did make the lineup change having lang go to second kennedy go to third i I can't imagine that would happen with this particular team but it takes time sometimes for uh, the communication to get perfect for figuring out how each person throws and how you work as a team off the ice too when yeah uh, you know that can sometimes filter into on the ice and again we're talking about a team that has won a grand slam uh won another event played in the final of the Alberta playdowns at 34 and 11 on the year. And we're trying to pick holes here. Like it's, right. it's just, they're just so good. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be weird seeing Brett Gallant with, uh, I guess he'll, they'll be in wild card regalia, yeah. but uh, still have the wild rose on the back of their, uh, back of their Jersey. So that'll be weird uh, for an East coast guy, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sure we'll get used to it by the end of the week. See if Tyler Smith starts to, chat him up if the week goes off the rails a little bit hey, you know you got that birthright yeah yeah, 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 yeah birthright yeah, come yeah. on back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move to the team that brett gallant is no longer playing with that is of course brad gushu team canada they are 29 and 8 on this season they have not played a lot they've really only played the slams and, and a couple other little things they did make the playoffs at each of the slams in which they have played they are plus 4.2 points per game. So if I thought Brendan Botch was bludgeoning people, Brad Gushu is running them over, backing up over them again, just so he can run over them a third time uh, during these games. Uh, 0.57 hammer efficiency, 0.61 force efficiency. The peripherals are very, very good for this team. And again, they're only playing in really the top flight events. They didn't really have any warm-up type events, like little cash spiels to boost those numbers. They're doing this against some of the top competition. So the addition of EJ Harden has obviously gone very well. I didn't think they had a chance last year before they lost Mark Nichols. Really didn't think they had a chance after they lost Mark Nichols. So like you said with Kerry Anderson, you can't really bet against them because when we have, we've been proven very, very wrong. Yeah, very wrong. And they're so good. Sean, I... Am I reading that their steel defense is 0.03, which means they've only given up <laughs> steals in 3% of the ends they've played? That's pretty good. That's that's insane because the hammer factor, which is a stat that we always talk about or that I like to talk about, is hammer efficiency minus steel defense. Right. It's over 0.5. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's- small sample. Small sample, but... Uh, I think you'll be hearing their name come up again at the end of the podcast. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a fair bet <laughs> there. So those are the top two teams in the pool. Let's see who's playing probably for third place. Uh, so let's start with the final wildcard team in the pool. That is Karsten Sturme out of Alberta. All rookies on this team. J.D. Lind playing third. He, of course, has been very involved with the Japanese curling program for a long time. Kyle Daring, who might be most famous for a crazy shot that he made when he was like 12 or 13 years old in the Canada winter games. He made a like 20 foot angle run back uh, shot, which is crazy. It's on like top shot list. If you ever watch those and then Glenn Venance is the lead. If Brad Gushu has selected his schedule to be very limited, get some rest. Carson Sturme has gone the absolute other direction. 51 and 23 on the season, they have played more than double the amount of games that Brad Gushu has played. They did go to the points bet. They lost in the first round, but they won the points bet repechage there mm-hmm. in September. Also won the Golden Wrench event in Phoenix recently. Of course, uh, Reed Crothers was down there. I think John Schuster was in that field as well. In the Alberta finals, lost to Aaron Slachinski in the 3-4 game. And it was interesting that night to flip between the one, two game and the three, four game, because the one, two game was obviously very tight. And those top two teams of Kui Botcher playing exceptionally well. And the Slachinski Sturme game wasn't as tight. Like it, it, in a couple ends, it almost felt like it was two different sports being played. I, I think just Slachinski and, and Sturme themselves were struggling on where to put the broom. So it was just a really interesting dichotomy between those two. So if we look at their schedule, though, they start with New Brunswick, then Botcher, then Yukon, BC, Quebec. So there is a path here for them, and then PEI, for them to be four, maybe five and one, four and two going into the Canada game against Brad Gushu, and then they have finished with Mike McEwen. So I think the schedule works out pretty well for them, but all rookies take some time to learn. So I don't know, Scott, but do you have expectations for these guys? I, I, I do. I th- I think they've, like you say, they, they went out and played a lot and that was by design mm-hmm. to try and get this third wildcard spot, right? They put in the miles, uh, put in the games and it's paid off because they've made it to the briar and now they just keep using that. And of course, JD Lind is no stranger to these types of events, given his coaching affiliations. So I, I don't think that the team itself will be sort of overwhelmed by the moment. And as you say, the schedule breaks pretty well for them. So yeah, we're, we'll have to see how they get off, right? If they get off 0-2, it's not a good sign. You know, you want them to at least get that opening opening round win and try to build on that going forward. Yeah, so that first game against New Brunswick, I think, will be very important. Yeah, maybe if you give them true serum, you're like, oh, maybe we should play Canada. Like, we'd like to play Canada wildcard one first and kind of figure out the ice in games where we, at least externally, people would not expect us to win. Right. And then being 0 2, it's like, well, you played those two teams. So, and now, right, we know what the ice is doing. We're in, we're feeling good, got it, and let's go. Yeah, but even then, you know, if if you're looking at that zero on the win column. Yeah, you you want to get rid of that number as soon as possible. All right, well, let's uh, talk about Team Ontario. Mike McEwen went five and four last year. This will be his eighth appearance, of course, with Ryan Fry, Brent Lang. A lot of experience there. But a debut on this team, Joey Hart, is going to be making his full Briar debut. He was the alternate for Glenn Howard and Team Ontario in twenty. 16 uh, here in Ottawa, that very memorable night where Craig Saville was able to come out and throw the first two rocks of a sixth or seventh end uh, in one of those games. I think it was against Pat Simmons and team Canada in a really cool moment uh, mm-hmm. there. Craig was going undergoing cancer treatment at the time and uh, he's from Ottawa, of course. So that was a really cool moment. And when you watch the clip of it, Joey Hart's on the bench, just like with a giant smile on his face, which is really cool to see. And, and now here he is again, going to be playing in this event. They are 28-21 on the season. The peripherals are not bad, a 0.44 sufficiency with 0.27 on their steals. 
So they're doing okay without the hammer, uh, being aggressive, getting a bunch of steals, beat Epping and Howard in the Ontario playdowns. We know Mike McEwen can play, and we know Lang can play. We know Fry can play. Certainly Joey Hart comes from a lineage that would suggest he will be a very good player. And obviously if he's here, he's very good. Richard Hart is on the bench. There's no real reason to suggest that these guys won't be in the mix at the end of the week. Yeah, no, I, I, I think this is one of those teams that can win this event, given the experience they have and the, the shot makers. They got off to a bit of a rougher start at the Ontario's. Maybe not a start, but uh, Glenn Howard had like run the table and then yep. come the final with Mike McEwen there was very, he was frustrating Glenn with uh, the precise placement of the shots. So if they can do that kind of thing, uh, put the pressure on the other team, be aggressive. I think that's the key to them winning this week. Also, Sean Brent Lang yeah, is the, I think most decorated curler oh. at this event in terms of world curling championship wins he's okay. got three three gold medals at the worlds and wow. nobody else has more than two i could be wrong let me double check no no I'm that sounds right yeah it. yeah who else would have more well kennedy mark kennedy has two 2008 okay. 2016 all right good job brent lang yeah and i think they're all with no two with uh, glenn howard and one with kevin one with Cooey, yeah uh, that 16 one that Kennedy and Hebert would have had as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hebert and Kennedy could potentially have a third one, but we don't need to litigate 2009 right, right in this moment, I don't think. <laughs> Instead, we will move on and talk about Quebec and Felix Aslan. Brad Gouche is not the only defending Canadian champion in this field. Felix Aslan's here too. He is, of course, the reigning Canadian mixed champion. He skipped Team Quebec to the gold medal in the fall. They will be going to the World Curling, World Mixed Curling Championship next fall. So that'll be very exciting for them. But before they go, he is here at the Briar playing with his brother Emile, as well as uh, Martin Crette and Jean-Francois Trépanier. Emile was on the 2020 Alex Bedal team, and obviously Crette and Trépanier have been there before. Crette is one of the guys who if he's not on TV, you're still going to hear him uh, on the broadcast yeah. a lot. <laughs> he's one of those guys. Now, their schedule is such that they've had a very good record, 31 and 6. Haven't played in too many top, top flight events, but they do have some good wins on the season. They've beat Carson Sturme. They've beat Tanner Horgan. They beat Cody Hartung. Those are all top 25 teams in the world. So they're capable of winning against some top teams. Obviously, the experience of playing with Mike Fournier. I've been there a few times. Again, this is, for me, they don't have the resume cumulatively as the team uh, from Ontario, but obviously all very capable. And another team that if you look up on Thursday morning, you're like, hey, they're in the mix here to to get a playoff spot. I, I don't think anyone should be shocked by that. No, no, absolutely not. This this is like, this is maybe my dark horse pick of the week. Uh, I really like this team put together well. Uh, they'll be fun to watch. Like you say, they've they've played really well all season, winning a lot. Not the heaviest schedule, but uh, winning still counts. So uh, that's what I like about this team. Uh, and I I just like watching Martin Kret play. I think he's uh, he's just so passionate about uh, curling, which is fun right it is yeah you gotta love it when people are into it mm-hmm. all right let's uh head over to the left coast and british columbia where jacques gauthier is going to be making his briar debut he lists his mom in his family as he should because it's kathy f gauthier uh, is his mother potential here scott for them to be the opening draw tv game by the way on friday night uh, i believe they play brad gushu that that could be your feature. There's another one on the board that maybe, but if we get Friday night, Goche, and they haven't announced who is in the booth. Joanne Courtney put out a photo today where she was at work, like at her like real, like helping people job, uh, like not in a booth. So if she's not there. 
could be Kathy Goche calling her son's first ever Briar game. Ooh, I, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. And I, I think that's like almost a lock, Sean. I, I think you have to put the defending champion on in, in the first draw. Like, I think they, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason why, but I, I, again, in my head, I thought it was always traditional team Canada against the host in, in the opening draw, but I believe that's on Saturday. It's yeah. either this or Saskatchewan, Ontario. Is it Saskatchewan, Ontario, another matchup? It's Ontario, Quebec. It's either, yeah, it's either Ontario, Quebec or BC Canada as the opening night. Yeah. The others are wildcard one against Prince Edward Island and uh, New Brunswick against wildcard three. Yeah, probably probably some Brad Gushu Jacques Gauthier on Friday night. Jacques Gauthier, of course, the 2020 World Junior Champion, did not win the Manitoba Provincials that year, though. They were Manitoba, too. Uh, but they yes. went on to win the World Championship. Silver medal in 2019 at the World Juniors. Won a bronze in 2018 playing with JT Ryan. He was the alternate at the Worlds for Tyler Tardy in 2018. So he obviously knew these guys who he's playing with for a few years. Of course, Sterling Middleton at third, Jason Ginter at second, Alex Horwath at lead. They did bring in Rick Sawatsky to be the alternate, and Brian Mickey is going to be the coach. And Mickey was the second for Greg McCauley back in the year 2000. So nice experience around this team in those supporting roles. 35-22 on the season. Other than BC, haven't won an event. Their best was a semifinal appearance in Penticton and a hammer efficiency of only 0.39. So going to be a little concerned around that number and some of the other peripherals for them this year. But again, these are all guys who have the pedigree at the junior level. It's just a question of how does this now translate first time at a briar? Yeah, we talked about this uh, in the other pool about uh, getting your feet wet at the briar. It's it's different than the juniors, right? It's different than even a Canadian juniors, which is more coverage than the world juniors. So, but like they've got all the skills, the pedigrees there. I'm excited to watch this team. They're they're one that I don't think uh, I, I I wouldn't be shocked for them to be uh, right there at the end of the week. Like you say, they've all got uh, the the skills. Sterling Middleton and Alex Horvath. I did play against them when I lived in Victoria. Okay. I don't think we won. Uh, that that would be crazy. Uh, Sterling is listed as a club professional at the Victoria Curling Club. I didn't know curling clubs had club pros. There you go. I have to get, we'll have to get Sterling on to talk about it. It's like golf uh, golf pros, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That that well, that'd be fun. And then Alex uh, is an ice tech at uh, Victoria and Esquimalt clubs. Both clubs I've played at, and uh, I really like them. Sean, they have a big, thick rope frozen into the ice that is the divider between the sheets. Oh, okay. What do you think of that? I think that would be annoying for the ice maker. (laughs) Yeah, when you're doing scrapes and stuff, like I think that would be annoying. I like it. Something to stop the rocks that isn't a board. I kind of because boards. I'm not a big fan of boards. You can but, trip over them. But yeah, that does feel a little better. Maybe it, maybe it's a little less safe, though, because visually it might blend in more than a board. Like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe they don't have it anymore. But when I played there, that's what they had. So, All right. yeah, we'll, we'll have to get them on to ask some questions about it. Those both sound like paper jobs, though, that just allow them to practice. All day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's flip all the way over to the other side of the country. New Brunswick, Scott Jones, making his fourth appearance at a Briar last time in 2017 as the third for Mike Kennedy. Some experience up and down the lineup here. Jeremy Millay was 2-9 and nine as a skip in 2015. This is his fourth appearance. Brian King at second is making his debut. Jared Bazenson is making his second appearance. First time was back in 2015. They are 15 and 11 on the season, but they did make the final of that points bet repechage. So that had some really good teams in it. So that's pretty good. They do have wins against teams that you might be familiar with. Team Desjardins, of course, they're uh, more, or Eric is more famous from the mixed doubles game. And they did beat Landon Rooney in an event, uh, the Canadian junior champion from last year. They do have some pretty good wins 
there. The schedule is such that Wildcard 3, PEI Canada are the first three games. Then they get Monday off. And I think that's a good off day for them uh, mm-hmm. to re- recalibrate potentially after the weekend. But again, you never know what can happen here. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of fan expectation for the team, but you'd certainly expect them to win a couple games at the least. Yeah. A couple games at the least. Uh, that's, uh, I don't really have much more than that. A couple games. All right. Good analysis. Uh, so there let's uh, move over to our final Atlantic province to talk about. That is Prince Edward Island. Tyler Smith, third straight appearance at the Briar second as a skip one and seven last season playing along Adam Cox, Alex McFadden, who is new to the team, and Ed White. Ed and Adam are the same as last year, the change there at the second position. They've played in three events so far this year in terms of major events. Scott, uh, they won the Monctonian Challenge. They won the PEI Tankard. We know that good things come in threes. There's the rule of three. Yes. 2023 Briar Champs. It'd be, it'd be tough, uh, for sure. It'd be tough, but they're, they're kind of fun to watch, uh, mix it up a bit. I think that's the way to go, right? It, it, just mix it up. Yeah. Try and make things complicated for the other team. You're going to give up big ends that way, but you also have the chance to try and steal. And I think that's the, the way that you can win. Sure. It's, it's not easy. And I hope they have a fun time in London. Yeah, hopefully they do. And uh, let's wrap it up with Team Yukon. Thomas Scoffin making his fourth appearance as a skip. One and seven back in 2022. He did have success at the junior level. This is the thing about Thomas Scoffin in, in each of his appearance now. We do talk about that junior success that he had. Won the silver medal in 2013. He lost to Matt Dunstone in the final there. He won the silver at the U Sport in 2016 and 17. Won the U Sport in 2015. So he himself has a lot of experience. And when you look at his junior record, he was getting UConn to the playoffs uh, at the junior, having good records with UConn. And then uh, eventually it was with Alberta when he had like the highest level of success when he was at the University of Alberta. But he can play playing with Trig Jensen, Joe Wallingham, and Evan Latos. It's the same team as last year. So it's just really a question of how much does he get to practice and, and get on good ice, get good games. But certainly the raw talent is there for him. Should also note he has a four-month-old baby. So congratulations to the Scoffin family on that. And Scott uh I don't know. If you look at his schedule, Quebec, BC, Wildcard 3 are his first three games. Do you think can, can he surpass his win total from last year? I think that should be the goal, right? Get a couple wins and try to try to get them early and see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to pick them to get out of the of the pool, but uh that's it. I think try to get one more win than last year and sort of build for the future. And there you have it, 18 teams that are either in or en route to London, Ontario. I hope they're actually all there by now as we record this at 7 p.m. on Thursday night. Yes, hope so. They've already done their power poses. Ooh, yeah. There was, there was a great clip today online. It was Kyle Daring. He was sitting there with uh, Danielle, and they were they had a pizza out. And he says something like, oh, all I need now is a Tim Hortons coffee. And then when just uh, whoever was holding the camera just appears for him. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Life is perfect nice. in the power pose room for Kyle Daring with that. So, Scott, all these teams are going to play the round robin through Thursday. We could potentially have tiebreakers Friday morning. Elimination game Friday afternoon. Friday Fun Fest proceeding into the page. There's been some discussion about this format. I'm not crazy about it, but I don't know what a better option is. I don't want more playoff teams. There's not enough time to do championship pool and have a page. And I don't think I like the idea of going from six, the two winners of the crossover games going into the 3-4 game because I think that gives just too much of an advantage to finishing first, particularly in a situation where if three teams are tied, you got to first place because of last stone draw. So it's not, I I don't really like it, but I can't come up with a better one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's the way to look at it. 
if there was a way to make Friday night's games matter more than they do, sure. maybe there could be some kind of a, a way to do it. But yeah, uh, I, I think I'd need more time you know, at the old drawing board to yeah. come up with something. Well, now it comes time for our picks. Scott, you were correct for the Scotties by picking Kerry Anderson. And we will do the same here. We will pick four teams to make the playoffs. I think you went first for the Scotties. I will go first for the Briar. And I will go pure chalk with Canada, Alberta, wildcard one, Manitoba. Obviously, what could trip that up is if one of these four finishes in third place in a pool and the other one, like you could have an elimination game between two of these teams in that crossover Friday afternoon, but I'm just going to go pure chalk. And I think there will be a lot of fun, as I said, in that middle range. I'm just not sure if anyone will be able to upset one of these teams in that Friday game. But again, if it's Ontario wildcard three, or even one of those young teams, if they get on a roll, uh, I, I would not be upset by any means to see a Christina black, type run here or an Andrea Kelly circa 2022 run here. I, that, that would make the week a lot more fun, but in terms of pure picks, I'm going chalk. Yeah, that's uh, those are the first four names I wrote down to Sean. Of course uh, they're going to be the night, the names on everyone's list. So I'll do something a little more, not, not much different. I'll take <laughs> wildcard one Canada and Manitoba and I'll say, Kevin Cooey, not this year. Your Ooh. team is too chill. You're too relaxed. <laughs> you need to amp it up. <laughs> and because I'm taking out the team that is too relaxed, I'm going to put in Quebec and Martin Cret, who is the opposite of relaxed out there <laughs> on the ice. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Quebec as my fourth team, as the, as the upset team. For me, it was between them and BC as the third team coming out of uh, pool B. Okay. But, uh, or maybe McEwen, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> go or not go uh Felix Aslan, that will be fun. Yes. Uh, so I'll go with Matt Dunstone to get over the hump and get his first championship. Scott, who do you like to win? Brad Gushu. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with Canada again. Going with Canada to win another one. So there you have it. Those are our picks for the 2023 Tim Hortons Briar final edition of the Briar back into Eastern time, which means locally all the draws are a half hour later. So in BC locally, it was 830, 130, 630 here in Ontario. This is all because of TV. It is nine, two and seven uh, PM locally here in Ontario. I'm not going to Brian Williams it and explain the times all across the country. I'm assuming everybody can do that math. I have not seen yet if Curling Canada is going to make these available internationally the way they did for the playoffs Mm -hmm. for people in the United States. And it was actually available to everybody around the world because ESPN did not pick it up on their digital platform. So hopefully everyone not in Canada will have access to it this week. I watched it. Uh, when I was out of the country last weekend, I watched some of the playoffs. So it worked out well, selfishly for me. And hopefully all of our friends around the world will be able to watch this week. Nice, nice. Is is Curling Canada Plus up yet? I believe so. I believe all the draws are available afterwards on Curling Canada Plus. And then it was geo-blocked to internationally through TSN, uh, the Curling Canada feed, for uh, those okay. for the playoffs. Oh yeah. Okay. So if I go on plus.curling.ca right now, I can watch the games. So that's good. Yes. So there you have it. Those are our picks. Those are our thoughts on the 2023 Tim Hortons Briar. It'll be a sad day when it's no longer the Tim Hortons Briar. It'll be the something else Briar, but that's the way it is for now. So if you want to follow along during the week, at Game of Stones Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Game of Stones Podcast on Facebook. You can reach out, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Head on over to Game of Stones Pod.com for all of our past episodes are there. Now, before we go, Scott, we have some business to attend to. That's right. During the Scotties, or in a preview for the Scotties, we opened up a giveaway for a wonderful print 
of a Elsa Craig painting that was done by our friend Daniel, who's a wonderful artist based in Scotland. And the time has come to announce a winner. Well, not even announce. We got to figure out who the winner is. That's so right, what, Sean. So what's going on over there? What are you doing? Okay, I'm sorting all of the names for the people that had entries uh, randomly. So I'm sorting them randomly. I've done that now. Okay. I'm going to roll a number generator. And Sean, you're going to tell me when to stop. All right, let's stop it. Okay. The number picked was number four on there. So the winner is Leanne Billis. Leanne Billis. All right. uh, is, uh, Is our winner. I will be in touch with Leanne to give her uh, to get her details on how she can claim the prize. And I want to thank everybody for entering and spreading the word. It's very, uh, very fun engagement uh, to have that uh, kind of contest. Yes. So congratulations, Leanne. And to everyone who did not win, have no fear. We have a second print to give away. So yeah. we have, is it the exact same, Scott? Or is it... Oh. It's different, right? It's different colors, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, a blue sort of moody one that I'm showing on video right now. Yes. Uh, Maybe my light is blurring it. Yeah, so it is, yeah, a little more moody, as you say. So are we doing the same? We're obviously giving it away. Are we doing the same thing, Scott? I'd like to do the same thing. What I want to do is see if we can get a certain number of new followers. Okay. And that's what we're going to try and do for the next one. So uh, we'll put this up tomorrow on Friday and I'll put in the post, uh, you know, we want uh, X number of followers and the whatever it is, 20th follower or whoever the new followers are. That's who will. uh, But that means that anyone who currently follows us can enter. Oh, that's your you're right. That's a flaw in the that's flaw, a flaw in, in this plan. Okay. Well, we'll do a similar. Ooh, what if we then. did like a referral thing too? So yes. if you put a comment tagging somebody and that person mm-hmm. follows, you also then get entered. Yeah. Okay. I like that. How's that? Yeah. Because that, okay. that was part of our, our rules this time was you know, to tag friends and stuff. And so we did right. get uh, a few followers from that, but we'll, we'll make that the main goal. Okay. For this time. Cause yeah, we want our existing followers to have a chance. So yeah. And Sean, what we'll do too, we're going to be relaunching our merch store Ooh. tomorrow or Saturday. I haven't, uh, okay. uh, we'll see. And if you make a purchase from our merch store, and show us the receipt. We'll give you a second entry. Okay. I like it. And I'm excited about this new merch store uh, for a few reasons. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a promo uh, at some point. Not right now for anyone who has already bought merch from us. Yes. Uh, yes. So the, the new uh, vendor we're going through, the new thing we're doing, I'm very excited about it. So next week at some point, we'll announce a bit of a promo uh, for anyone who had bought merch from the old vendor, I, I think the stuff was very good, uh, and I, mm-hmm. I liked. It. I mean, I wear my my hoodies. All, I'm wearing one right now. Right now, so yeah. uh, I, I really did like the stuff, uh, but it was more on the delivery side, and that we ran into a few problems. So, if anybody had bought stuff from us before, uh, we'll have a bit of a promo for you uh, on some new stuff, and I'm really excited about what we're going to have up there moving forward. So, uh, big uh, big times here, Scott. Things are things are happening. Yeah, things are happening. It's great. Yeah. So with that, thank you everybody so much for listening. Enjoy the curling. Congratulations to Leanne. We'll be back with you next week to talk all about what's going on in London. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...